Section two of a book of Sibyls by Anne Thackeray Ritchie. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Mrs. Barbold, Part two. Mrs. Barbold was a schoolmistress and a schoolmaster's wife and daughter. Her father was Dr. John Aiken, D.D. Her mother was Miss Jane Jennings, of a good Northamptonshire family, scholastic also. Dr. Aiken brought his wife home to Nibworth, in Leicestershire, where he opened a school which became very successful in time. Mrs. Barbold, their eldest child, was born here in 1743, and was christened Anna Letitia, after some lady of high degree belonging to her mother's family. Two or three years later came a son. It was a quiet home, deep hidden in the secluded rural place and the little household lived its own tranquil life far away from the storms and battles and great events that were stirring the world dr aiken kept school mrs aiken ruled her household with capacity and not without some sternness according to the custom of the time it appears that late in life the good lady was distressed by the backwardness of her grandchildren at four or five years old i once indeed knew a little girl so wrote mrs aiken of her daughter who was as eager to learn as her instructor could be to teach her and who at two years old could read sentences and little stories in her wise book roundly and without spelling and in half a year or more could read as well as most women but i never knew such another and i believe i never shall it was fortunate that no great harm came of this premature forcing although it is difficult to say what its absence might not have done for mrs barbold one can fancy the little assiduous girl industrious impulsive interested in everything in all life and all nature drinking in on every side learning eagerly wondering listening to all around with bright and ready wit there is a pretty little story told by mrs ellis in her book about mrs barbold how one day when dr aiken and a friend were conversing on the passions the doctor observes that joy cannot have place in a state of perfect felicity since it supposes an accession of happiness i think you are mistaken papa says a little voice from the opposite side of the table why so my child says the doctor because in the chapter i read to you this morning in the testament it is said that there is more joy in heaven over one sinner that repenteth than over ninety and nine just persons that need no repentance besides her english testament in her early reading the little girl was taught by her mother to do as little girls did in those days to obey a somewhat austere rule to drop curtsies in the right place to make beds to preserve fruits the father after demure but surely not without some paternal pride in her proficiency taught the child latin and french and italian and something of greek and gave her an acquaintance with english literature one can imagine little nancy with her fair head bending over her lessons or when playing time had come perhaps a little lonely and listening to the distant voices of the schoolboys at their games the mother fearing she might acquire rough and boisterous manners strictly forbade any communication with the schoolboys sometimes in after days speaking of these early times and of the constraint of many bygone rules and regulations 
mrs barbold used to attribute to this early formal training something of the hesitation and shyness which troubled her and never entirely wore off she does not seem to have been in any great harmony with her mother one could imagine a fanciful and high-spirited child timid and dutiful and yet strong-willed secretly rebelling against the rigid order of her home and feeling lonely for want of liberty and companionship it was true she had birds and beasts and plants for her playfellows but she was of a gregarious and sociable nature and she was unconsciously longing for something more and perhaps feeling a want in her early life which no silent company can supply she was about fifteen when a great event took place her father was appointed classical tutor to the warrington academy and thither the little family removed we read that the warrington academy was a dissenting college started by very eminent and periwigged personages whose silhouettes mrs barbold herself afterwards cut out in sticking plaster and whose names are to this day remembered and held in just esteem they were people of simple living and high thinking they belonged to a class holding then a higher place than now in the world's esteem that of dissenting ministers the dissenting ministers were fairly well paid and faithfully followed by their congregations the college was started under the auspices of distinguished members of the community lord willoughby of parham the last presbyterian lord being patron among the masters were to be found the well-known names of dr doddridge of gilbert wakefield the reformer and uncompromising martyr of dr taylor of norwich the hebrew scholar of dr priestley the chemical analyst and patriot and enterprising theologian who left england and settled in america for conscience and liberty's sake many other people neither students nor professors used to come with warrington and chief among them in later years good john howard with manuscripts for his friend dr aiken to correct for the press now for the first time mrs barbold miss aiken she was then saw something of real life of men and manners it was not likely that she looked back with any lingering regret to nibworth or would have willingly returned thither a story in one of her memoirs gives an amusing picture of the manners of a young country lady of that day mr haynes a rich farmer from nibworth who had been greatly struck by miss aiken followed her to warrington and obtained a private audience of her father and begged his consent to be allowed to make her his wife the father answered that his daughter was there walking in the garden and he might go and ask her himself with what grace the farmer pleaded his cause i know not says her biographer and niece out of all patience at his unwelcome importunities my aunt ran nimbly up a tree which grew by the garden wall and let herself down into the lane beyond the next few years must have been perhaps the happiest of mrs barbold's life once when it was nearly over she said to her niece mrs le breton from whose interesting account i have been quoting that she had never been placed in a situation which really suited her as one reads her sketches and poems one is struck by some sense of this detracting influence of which she complains there is a certain incompleteness and slightness which speaks of intermittent work of interrupted trains of thought 
at the same time there is a natural buoyant quality in much of her writing which seems like a pleasant landscape view seen through the bars of a window there may be wider prospects but her eyes are bright and this peep of nature is undoubtedly delightful End of section 2